Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their Compliance Council, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to Day 7 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. Today, we're going to take a look at third parties. Third parties continue to be the highest risk in any anti-corruption compliance program, whether it's the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, the UK Bribery Act, the Brazilian Clean Company Act, the new French law, SAPN II, or any other domestic compliance program. So we're going to take a deep dive into third parties today. There are five steps in the life cycle management of third parties. The business justification, the questionnaire, due diligence on the third party, compliance terms and conditions, and then management and oversight of the third parties after the contract signing. The business justification is broken down into two parts. First of all, it has to be done by a business sponsor, and the business sponsor has to justify the satisfactoriness of the business case to retain or utilize a third party. The business justification should be included in the compliance review file assembled on every third party at the time of initial certification. It's really important that you utilize your business uh, representative or business sponsor in this. It, the form cannot simply be a cut and paste. There need to be, needs to be thought put into it, particularly around the compensation. How is the third party to be compensated, and what's the basis of the compensation, and then what's the going to be the management process for that third party going forward? Next is the questionnaire. The questionnaire is uh, mentioned several times in the FCPA guidance, and it's generally recognized as one of the tools a company should use to, in its investigation, to have a better understanding with whom it's uh, doing business. I believe the requirement is not only a key step, but a mandatory step for any thir third party. Quite frankly, if a third party does not want to fill out the questionnaire <clears throat> or fill it out completely, you should not walk away, but run away with such a third party for doing business with you. Some of the things that you want to uh, get a handle on from the questionnaire is the ownership structure, so you describe whether the third party is government or state-owned and the nature of its relationship with local and regional governmental bodies. Is the, or any of the owners, politi politically exposed persons, PEPs? And then, of course, who's the uh, ultimate beneficial owner of the UBO? Regarding uh, financial qualifications, you need to have some idea about the financial stability of the uh, third party. Regarding personnel, determine which 
personnel in the proposed third party will be uh, providing services to you, and whether they are employees uh, or are former employees of, of the government, current employees of the government are closely related. Physical facilities, you need to have some description of the physical facilities that will be used by the third party. This is important for uh, doing a due diligence background check. I think references are important uh, for both uh, financial security and compliance you know, on business ethics and commercial liability. And then finally, does the third party have a proposed, excuse me, does the proposed third party have an anti-corruption, anti-bribery program in place? Do they have a code of conduct? If so, you need to get copies of the relevant uh, documents and training materials. And has the uh, proposed third party received third party, uh, excuse me, compliance training? The next step is due diligence. And I think most compliance practitioners understand the need for a robust due diligence program, and, uh, but have struggled to create an inventory to define the basis of risk with each foreign business partner and third party representatives. So here you utilize the information from steps one and two. Uh, you can do a lower level or less robust compliance uh, due diligence uh, background check on your own, but there are many companies who specialize in this. And if you have a third party in a high-risk jurisdiction, I would certainly urge you to utilize a, a specialized third-party due diligence company, which will uh, help you evaluate that. The key in due diligence is not simply to utilize it once, but to utilize it multiple times. You need to do continuous due diligence. There are many, uh, many of these third-party third, uh, uh, third party due diligence providers can give you this. But uh, certainly every year, you need to take a look at the background of who you're doing business with to see if any of the background information has changed. Of course, this due diligence needs to be evaluated going forward, and there needs to be a written record of this. If there was ever an appropriate time to say document, 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 now is the time. Because it's not simply obtaining the due diligence, it's also utilizing the due diligence by its evaluation and incorporation into your proposal to go or no-go with a third party going forward. The next step is the contract, and uh, the contract should have compliance terms and conditions in it, in addition to your traditional commercial terms. The Department of Justice has specified a few terms and conditions which need to be in, but uh, what you need to do is evaluate it from your company's perspective. Certainly, you should have audit rights. Certainly, you should have rights uh, requiring uh, the third party to cooperate with you in FCPA or other anti-corruption investigation arises. You should have the requirement to uh, annually certify that the third party is not engaged in any FCPA violations on your behalf. You should have the right to require annual training of the third parties. So the contract is an important part uh, you may need to uh, consult with your legal department on this, but it's certainly something that uh, you should utilize. And finally, management of the relationship. I often say that this is where the rubber hits the road because even with all of the steps that you've engaged in previously going forward, it's the management of the relationship is the key. And this ties back now to step one in your business sponsor because in many ways the management of the relationship is going to be led by your business sponsor. The business sponsor should communicate on a continuous basis with a third party during their uh, commercial relationship the requirements 
and expectations of your company regarding compliance. So uh, in addition to training, you should have ongoing communications about your expectations around uh, your uh, compliance. Obviously, you need to audit at some point. Uh, you do not have to audit the first year, but certainly every three years or so for your key or high-risk third parties, they need to be audited. This means a full FCPA, forensic audit. You need to take a look at their books and records regarding the payments uh, that you have made to them and the services that have been delivered to you. Please do not be afraid of audit and audit rights. They are in every commercial agreement that I've ever looked at, and I've literally looked at thousands of these agreements. You always have the right to audit. You're simply, in this case, auditing around compliance. An ongoing relationship with the third party in terms of your communications of expectations and ongoing training is going to be important as well. And, of course, you need to take a look at the money that you have paid uh, in uh forensically reviewing payments made, matching up with the bills that have come in. Have they met the contract requirements for the specificity of not only the services delivered, but the descriptions of the services and any other information that you may have uh, required going forward? So the management of the relationship is certainly critical. And uh, every two years is the better practice, but certainly uh, no more than every three years, you need to uh, require each third party to go through the third party due diligence uh, evaluation process again. Uh, if it's a high risk jurisdiction, you may need to consider doing it a little bit more often. So the three key takeaways from the uh, third parties. The first is the five-step process of uh, third-party risk management or the life cycle of third-party risk management. Number one, business justification. Number two, questionnaire. Number three, due diligence and evaluation thereon. Number four, contract. And number five, management of the relationship. The second key takeaway is you need to have more than compliance doing all of this work. There needs to be business unit development or BD involvement in uh, this process. I mentioned in step one where there's a business justification, but do not forget the management of the relationship at step five. And then finally, you need to have continuous due diligence. If you can't do or sign up for one of the uh, vendors who does a continuous, and by continuous I mean 24-hour update on due diligence, you'll need to perform additional due diligence, and I would advocate on an annual basis for your high-risk vendors and then sending them through the entire process every couple of years. So this is uh, still, um, even in 2017, third parties are the highest FCPA risk. I would urge you to uh, take a look at your uh, third-party risk management program, uh, audit it, uh, test it, and then fine-tune it as appropriate going forward. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to 30 Days to an Effective Compliance Program. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.